If you were with us last week, welcome back to my study. If this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. I'm really glad that you could take time and set aside all of the tasks that you have to manage and the news reports so that we could spend time here together. Uh, it's been a week like none other behind us. Uh, no one's ever lived through a time like this. And it's been hard for everyone, for me too. But one thing I'm happy to report is that we heard from many of you that what we did together last week was helpful, and that's just what we had hoped for. And that's what we hope for this morning as well, because right now, everyone needs help. Uh, this morning, our focus is going to be on the subject of control. Uh, one thing that's become very plain to us is that we have a lot less control than we thought. Uh, there have been all kinds of changes put upon us, and coming to grips with this has caused a lot of distress and a lot of anxiety as well. And so this morning, I have some practical guidance from Scripture, as well as some helpful thoughts from people who've lived through very challenging times and then shared what they've learned to help others. When I was a graduate student, I lived through a time of uh, real distress, and I found help from an old philosopher called Epictetus. He was born in 50 AD in the household of Nero, the tyrannical emperor. It's hard to imagine how volatile and unpredictable his upbringing was. But Epictetus learned to take responsibility for himself so that as he grew, he was no longer the victim of his circumstances. He went on to become a free man and teach in Rome, and there he shared what he'd learned with others in hopes of helping them. Now this week I dug off my shelf one of his old books, and I want you uh, to learn with me uh, from him how it was that he grew to understand life in a way that enabled him no longer to be the victim of his circumstances. Uh, I want you to listen to the heading in the first book of his discourses. Of the things which are under our control and not under our control. Every life is filled with circumstances over which we have no control at all. But on the other hand, no matter what happens to us, we still always remain in control of certain things. Learning to distinguish between these two and pay attention is the key to becoming a responsible person. And Epictetus learned this from his own experience, and he wanted to share that with other people. Imagine for a moment a man who plans a sailing trip. Everything that he needs for the trip is in hand. The charts, the provisions, the crew has been hired. The day for the journey to begin comes, and he makes his way down to the harbor where the boat is moored. But then when he arrives, he discovers a problem. The wind isn't blowing. And now the question for him is, what will he do? Now listen to how Epictetus describes the situation. If the weather keeps us from sailing, we sit down and fidget and keep constantly peering about. What wind is blowing, we ask. Here is the most natural response, to sit down in the unfavorable circumstances and feel bad, to peer about in unproductive motion, fidgeting, wasting energy in no good endeavors, to ask 
which wind is blowing as if wanting the wind to blow will make it happen. Uh, can you picture someone stuck in unfavorable circumstances and not knowing what to do? Uh, stuck in frustration and all the while feeling completely powerless. Uh, if you're anything like me, of course you can, because it's the place where many of us are. And the truth which Epictetus wanted to lift is that while there are certain things which are out of our control, it's never true that we are completely powerless. Uh, the fact is that by design, there are certain things which we cannot change. Look at how Epictetus brings that up. He says, God has not made you steward of the winds. Uh, by design, you cannot change the weather. Never, ever will you have any power at all to change the wind. But even still, a person in that situation who has planned to go sailing but now has to face the lack of wind still has the ability to control certain things. And not until he is able to accept what he cannot change will he have any promise of move, moving forward productively. And that's where we are right now. Uh, there are many things happening in our world to us that we can't control. Uh, economic losses, as bad as anything we've seen in more than 30 years, have come upon us. Challenges to small businesses that will mean irreparable damage, and this is true for many of you listening to me. Employment threats and termination that people cannot afford. Social limitations that are affecting literally every relational circle we experience. The loss of routines that used to make life manageable. And then, of course, uncertainty about the future, which we wish we knew more about than we do. Now, all of these changes have come upon us, and we can't control them any more than we can control the wind. And all of us want to go sailing. But the weather is not cooperating. And so the real question for us is, what should we do? I want you to listen to the wisdom of Epictetus. We must make the best of what is under our control and take the rest as its nature is. Now here, this is important for you to take from me. God has made you so that you do have control over certain things. Of course you are limited, and there are many things happening right now which you cannot change and you wish were different. If the wind's not blowing, that's not something you can change. And what you need to learn to do with whatever changes are coming right now that you wish were different is to stand up and walk away from the harbor when there's not going to be enough wind to sail. We need to stop fidgeting and direct our energy toward new endeavors, which will be productive even if the wind doesn't change for a very long time. We need to turn our backs on the plans that are no longer going to work and head off in a new direction, letting go of what we can't change and making the best of what we can change. And this is the truth about you, which is the direct result of how God has created you. God has made you with definite power. 
You have God-given agency and the ability to exercise control over many important things by his design, which nothing in your circumstances can take away. Uh, Surely you have not been made the steward of the wind, but you have been made the steward of many other things that matter significantly. And becoming responsible men and women, boys and girls, will mean that in these days, we have to accept what we can control and make the best of those things. Now, here's where the Bible offers very practical guidance. If we come to Scripture with open minds, we find that there are many things which God has put within our power to control, which will bless us and build us up when we let go of what we cannot change and direct our attention instead toward what we can. I have five to point out to you this morning, and I want you to take note and listen with grace, and then apply yourselves to making the best of these, and watch how things shift for you in these days ahead for the better. The first thing which is within your control is to form new habits. With so many changes being forced upon you, many of the old routines will have rapidly disappeared. Your morning patterns have all shifted. You no longer have to catch the bus, no more hour in the car or on the train. Your commute is gone. Your kids don't have to be up and out early like they used to. So you have some new time on your hands, especially in the morning. Now, when old routines go away, they leave behind a space like a vacuum. And unless you put something new in there on purpose, a new behavior is going to rush in there to fill that space. And maybe it won't be the best thing for you. For me, starting on Monday morning, I got up early, went downstairs, and I immediately opened my laptop and started to look at stories on the internet. One after the other, I read the reports, and each one made me more anxious than the last. And there I went through my first hour of the day giving myself to anxiety-inducing stories. And, And already by Wednesday, it had become a routine for me. But listen now, the habits that we develop are within our control. And now it's especially a time for high potential to begin new habits since so many things have been changed, especially first thing in the morning. Now, I want you to listen for a moment to Mark's description of the habit that Jesus had in the morning. And this is in Mark's gospel in chapter 1, verse 35. Listen to this. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. First thing before any other task Before anything else got his attention in the morning, Jesus found a place without distraction where he could speak to God in prayer. This was the pattern that began each day for him. This was his habit. Now you are able in this time to choose to form a pattern like that as well. That is within your control. Now that everything has shifted, It's time to take advantage and change your morning routine. On Wednesday, 
I came downstairs, grabbed my laptop, but then I thought better of it and set it down. I went into the dining room, I lit a candle, I grabbed my Bible and my journal and set them down. I put on water for coffee, and then I sat and opened my book, and I wrote down how I was feeling. And then, when the coffee was done, I prayed, and I thought of you, the people in this church who I know, and I prayed for you. I asked God to help you in the way that you need help, and I asked him to help me in the way that I need help. And that's how my morning started on Wednesday. And since then, each morning, I've done just the same. Because now, even though many things are out of my control, it is still within my control to form new habits. And I suggest that for you, spending time each morning with God to start off is the best way to begin. Now, there are other times in the day and other new habits you should form. Maybe dinner all together and hearing from one another about the highlight and the low light of the day. Maybe it's time for a renewed commitment to walking or running. Maybe you need to make a habit of calling that friend or that family member each day. This time of change is a time of great opportunity for taking control of forming new habits. That's first. Now, a second thing which you can control. It is time for each one of us to take control of how we feed our minds. The things you read and watch are like food for your mind. And if you eat unhealthy food, you become unhealthy. It's always important to eat well, but especially in times of great stress. Now more than ever, the health of our minds matters. And without paying attention, many of us will find ourselves overindulging in unhealthy mind food. Too much news, too much time distracted with pointless media content. Of course, getting information is important, and healthy distractions are important too, but now is a time when we must accept responsibility for our mental diets. And one certain way to build up our intellectual and emotional and spiritual health is by giving room in our minds to God's Word. I want you to listen to this guidance from the Apostle Paul in the letter he wrote to the Colossian church, This is chapter 3, verse 16 in Colossians. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Anyone who chooses to meditate on Christ's words will find his mind strengthened, his heart reassured, his spirit calmed and soothed. Committing scripture to memory has helped many folks through challenging times. I was facing prolonged anxiety years ago, and I found it immensely helpful to picture Jesus speaking to me the words that are recorded in the New Testament. One place in particular, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now is the time for each one of us to begin to feed our minds with Christ's word. 
to let his word dwell richly in our hearts. Now, I'm going to help by sending a text each morning in the coming week with guidance for Scripture to memorize. If you'd like to receive a message from me each morning, simply text "good word" to the number that you see there on your screen, and you'll receive a text with a Scripture to commit to memory and to dwell on each day. Now let's consider a third step which is within our control. And this one has to do with the relationships that you have. Now is the time to team up. None of us can face these days alone. We need one another to be allies and to work together as if we're all in a game against a common opponent and all on the same team, fighting together beside one another instead of fighting against one another. If we pull apart, or worse, find ourselves at odds with the people who are close to us or in our families, we are not going to make it. But on the other hand, if we decide to put whatever differences or grievances we have to one side, which we all have the power to do, and then stand together as a team, we will be much better equipped to go on standing through the challenges before us. I want you to listen now to the simple wisdom of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other, but woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Now the days ahead of us are going to be filled with toil. We're going to find ourselves falling down and needing help getting back up. None of us has enough strength to face what's ahead, and so it's time now to make a conscious decision to team up with others. If you live alone, you need to identify a few friends or family members at a distance and tell them that you need their support and help and you will give yours to them form a team with them, and rely on one another for this game we find ourselves in. If you live with others, now is the time to choose to get along and face the challenges as a team. If you have siblings and you're home together out of school and you're getting on each other's nerves, you need to practice saying to one another, let's be on the same team. If you have a spouse, Now is the time to pull together. Agree that when things get tense, you each have permission to say, let's be on the same team. And then let go of your frustrations, lock arms, and play the game as teammates. This is time for us to work together. That's the third thing we can do. And now the fourth, this one is for you personally. It's time to take care of yourself. The world needs you right now. Your family and your friends, your siblings, and your church need you now. And the only way you're going to be available and effective for others is when you're doing okay. Not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually too. And I'm sure of this 
every one of you is going to be having a difficult time because this is a time that is difficult like no other time has been for us. So you should not be surprised if you're struggling with serious stress, but it is also a time for you to take healthy steps towards self-care. And every one of us will have the ability to look after ourselves, and we need you to do that. Now, Paul wrote these words to Timothy, a young man who had good work to do in the early church as a teacher. And these words to Timothy are words that we also should take heart as if they're written to us as well. In 1 Timothy 4.16, listen. Pay close attention to yourself. It's easy when we're trying to look after others to ignore ourselves, and especially when we're inclined to love people like Jesus told us to. But unless we're caring for ourselves, we won't be good to anyone else. And so now it's time for you to pay attention to yourself, to notice where you are emotionally and spiritually, and take the steps that are within your power to care for yourself. You can't help anyone if you fall to pieces. So it's your responsibility to find healthy ways to disconnect from the hysteria all around us and to recharge. Of course, you must be careful about unhealthy paths. They're going to be all around us. And if you've already started to walk down some, you have to ask a teammate for help. There's no need for shame. Reach out and get some help and then find healthy ways to disconnect and rebuild. For me, I've begun to develop a new routine at the end of every day that's helpful for me. When I'm done with my work and before dinner starts, I go downstairs and I put a record on and I turn it up loud enough so that I can sing along and then I clear the pool table once, twice, as many times as I can through one side of an album. And then I go back up and have dinner and as the kids are getting ready for bed, it's back downstairs for the other side of the album and for another run at the pool table. Now, when this is all done and my friends who I play pool with come back over, they're going to be in trouble because I'm going to become very good. But in the meantime, this is how I'm taking care of myself. And each one of us is responsible for finding the way that works for us to manage our stress in healthy ways. That's the fourth thing which is within our power to control. And now the fifth. And this one, I can say to you, because in faith, I know that we can manage this strain, not under our own strength, but because God is with us and for us. And the fifth thing for us to do is to choose not to give up. We are going to need to persevere, all of us. And thankfully, God has made us so we are able to hang in there. And he's promised to give us the strength to go on even when we feel weary. Listen to Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all. Now, today there are new rules about what is right, and it is tiring to abide by them. It takes work. But there's a promise for us here at harvest time, and that means after a long, steady season of toil and consistent hard work, 
there will be something to show for all that we've done. We will have something to gather and be blessed by if we don't give up. And I want you to notice carefully the work that we are to be engaged in during this growing season. Listen again. Do not grow weary in doing what is right. Do not tire of that. Working for the good of all. This is what we are challenged not to give up on. And since there are so many challenges that have come upon everyone, there is an abundance of opportunity to do good for other people. And here, it is our responsibility for taking control and using our imaginations on how we can bless others by doing good for them. Now, Paul adds one last clause. Listen to what he says at the end. And especially for those in the family of faith. Now you should be thinking of the people in the faith community that you're a part of, in your church. Paul was not showing favorites here. He wasn't saying, care for people in the church and forget those outside of it. He would never say such a thing. Instead, he knew that every one of us has limited resources, and when we invest wisely, the return is much greater. And since the family of faith is the family which is committed to helping the world— The best way to help the world is to make the family strong, not only for its own good, but for the world to which the family of God is sent as Christ's ambassadors. And so here is the fifth thing that we must take control of. It is to not not give up doing good to one another so that we can be strong and help others, especially as the need grows In the days before us, we need to strengthen one another. Then we will all be more capable of serving God by doing good in the world together. Now, if this helps you, I'm going to ask you to take time to come back and consider again the things that are within your power to control and share this with others if it's helpful to them as well. And then next week, We'll come back together again in whatever way we can so that we can grow and be strengthened for the unique challenges that we find ourselves in. I want to tell you this, that apart from God's help, we will not make any progress. But with him, all things are possible. And so I'm going to ask you to join me in a brief prayer as we close. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the time to be together like this, even as we are apart. God, we lift to you in our minds now all of the people who we care for and we love. And we ask for your blessing on them each in a unique way. And then we ask for the ability to let go of the things which we cannot control and for the wisdom and the maturity to grasp those things which are within our power and to do our best to grow and move forward so we can be useful to you in these days. God, pour your blessing on all the people of the world now. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.